0: Right here
1: cool. welcome to fantasy sports today on a wednesday Is everybody listening right now on iHeartRadio, radio on 2 radio on terrestrial radio stations as my compadre mike lewitt would say thank you Thank you for listening to FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is a Wednesday, so no Mike Blewett. You got Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the king, Scott Angle. We're going to be previewing all the Week seven games. And I got to let people know here on Wednesday, what we do is we take the two-hour block that is Roto Experts in the morning and FST and we take the opportunity to give you our early leans and thoughts on all of those week 7 games and I'm doing it with my man FSWA Hall of Famer the king Scott Angle Scotty how you doing today
2: Doing good getting ready for week 7 don't forget go out and check your waiver list and uh, see who people dropped
1: absolutely we were mentioning that last hour listen with the buys and injuries at this point in owners have to make interesting decisions okay sometimes they're painted into a corner and sometimes the guy they have to drop is someone who is definitely rosterable so don't only look at the available players like on a Monday and go ahead and try to plan your waiver wire order you got to be a att- pay attention to the people who have been dropped because you may want to pick them up for example Scotty I had a listener yesterday tell me that they went ahead and dropped ito Smith I was like oh my goodness you got to go try and get him back and one of the reasons is because Devontae Freeman has been sent to IR in a move that listen the fantasy executive the spitting statistician the king dr. a and everybody else on this network was telling you we are concerned about Devontae Freeman and he now goes to IR basically rendering his fantasy season over Scotty how do we play the Atlanta running backs moving forward Neither one of them has
2: been gaining a lot of yardage. Uh, Tevin Coleman has been getting in the end zone, both as a runner as a receiver, but he's had thirty yard games, uh, mid thirty yard games in uh, two high scoring affairs. And you know, then you got uh, then you got Edo Smith, who has sixty two rushing yards in his last three games, but he's scored in all of them. You know, mm-hmm. This is going to be a pass first team and. You know, you're going to have to hope they're continuing to score 35, 40 points so both running backs can get goal line carries. Uh, you know, Coleman is going to be 19 in my in season ranks on rotoexperts.com today, but, uh, you know, it's within, it's a shaky 19 because right. he's got to run with the opportunity at this point. This is his last chance, I think. Otherwise, Eno Smith could creep up on him and have Eno Smith
1: at 28. Interesting so I know we you know, we just made that point last hour You never know what's gonna happen a month from now, you know what I mean Scotty? But if I told you if we if you assume this as fact, it's true that in the fantasy playoffs one Atlanta running back would be an RB2 and the other Atlanta running back would not be startable Which Atlanta running back do you think would be an RB2 in week 13? is Coleman, Coleman obviously yeah. yeah well i don't know if it's obviously it sounds like you think maybe he's going to fade and Edo Smith I mean, might take over that I
2: think it would be obvious yeah
1: but like it sounds though scott what you're saying is you 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 think there's a chance that you know Tevin Coleman continues to defecate the mattress with his opportunity and that Edo Smith kind of ascends over him is there a chance that Edo Smith becomes the A side here moving into the future
2: yeah but i don't know how much upside there is on the A side
1: yeah, you know, gotcha. with either one of them right now. All right, fair enough. Listen, another piece of news that I want to bring to people that broke since after we spoke yesterday morning. John Gruden is saying that he has concern about Marshawn Lynch's groin injury. Listen, the Raiders have a bye, okay, so he'll have some extra time. Uh, The flight back home from London probably won't help, but that's another thing altogether. Talk about player safety in the NFL. But uh, are you concerned about Lynch's groin injury? Do you think you need to go out and grab Jalen Richard, or is the fact that there's a bye kind of in between before we even know more about? Beast mode. Does that temper your uh, concerns about this?
2: Not at all. Uh, mm. You know, we don't know the extent of the injury. You know, they're saying it's pretty serious, but at the same time, it might be a strain. So yeah, it's not a season ender. It doesn't look like, but. You, know, you can't you can't think about the bye week. You, you have to go make preventative measures right now. In one league, I actually picked up both Jalen Rashard and Doug Martin. You know because it could be right. Martin taking over the Lynch role, but Rashard's mm-hmm. been putting up better numbers and could see a little bit of increase. And plus, game script would favor Rashard more because the Raiders
1: play from behind so much.
2: Has right. It's almost franchise. like you have a
1: you have a rare opportunity to get kind of like both sides of a timeshare on the waiver wire. You know what I mean, in the middle of a season. And that is a unique opportunity, so something you want to look at. Scotty, in last hour we broke down, you know, almost half the games already we talked about potential cut candidates how Royce Freeman is a potential cut candidate we talked about how Dion Lewis is a potential cut candidate we talk about how you know the Chargers are something of a fantasy herd you can't rely on any of these wide receivers but Phillip Rivers will continue to throw it we talked about how we expect points to be scored in Tampa when Cleveland comes to town you know we talk about how don't get it twisted Christian McCaffrey is still an RB1 especially in PPR formats we talked about how the Indianapolis Colts are a great streaming defense potentially this week against whoever is the quarterback for Buffalo. I want to keep it going into other games Scotty. And this one I might be I might have my judgment clouded here so I think I need you to check me on this. The New York Jets are four point home dogs Scotty. They are home dogs against the Minnesota Vikings. Now honestly You know how I I was on the Vikings early in the season, but I was concerned about that offensive line and then listen This Vikings team has has underperformed quite frankly And so what I want to ask you is are the Jets alive dog here? Listen the Jets have looked good in their last two home games putting up over 34 points in both of those efforts Um I believe they can get pressure on Kirk Cousins You know this offense has been Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs and not a whole lot else um I kinda of think the Jets are a live dog. Is this a homer perception for me in this one? The Jets are getting four points at home. No, it's not a homer
2: perception, you know, it but uh Minnesota's defense hasn't been good as we've expected. They're eighteenth ranked. Right. But the Jets defense is twenty third rank, so uh, you know, it it comes down to which team has the better quarterback, I think, and it's definitely Kirk Cousins. Yeah uh, mm-hmm. the Jets defense is opportunistic, they play better than expected. Minnesota's defense is just better personnel, so it almost kind of evens out for me there. Uh, I don't trust Latavius Murray to get the running game going, but then again, I can't trust Isaiah Crowell. So, you know, which quarterback am I going to trust more with the game on the line? I think it's Kirk Cousins,
1: so, you know, I'm going to have to take Minnesota. Okay, fair enough, but if you think the game is going to be on the line, in that case, isn't four points uh, really important to, to have? You know what I mean? If you think this is going to be some kind of back-and-forth kind of game or a last-team-with-the-ball kind of game uh, with bad defenses, I, if this could be like a 31-28 kind of game, wouldn't you take the points then? Isn't four points a good, good to have there at home? It is. I think it's a very smart spread. But
2: uh, okay. I, I, I just think there could be more than one turnover by Sam okay. Darnold. Uh, okay. it, this, is a very, this is a very tough spread, though, because uh, Minnesota could win by a field goal. If, you're, if right. you're fine taking the home dog, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't think the Jets will win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them covering and thinking it
1: through. So I'm okay, uh, okay. With, with, with taking the Jets. So when you said I'm taking Minnesota, you meant just like to win the game outright. You you didn't win mean, the game. Mean yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Um, let me ask you this: You kind I'm of have to go back and forth it. on this. I'll get back to you with it on Friday. No problem. Yeah, we'll make our official picks on Friday. That's and no problem. I've done some more
2: studying. Yeah.
1: Uh, I hear you, Scotty. Talk to me about these Jets wide receivers. Quincy Enunwa got banged up. You know, J- uh, Jermaine Kearse got back in the flow. Robbie Anderson, Terrell Pryors out there. If there's no Quincy Enunwa, uh, who does Sam I am? Target. Who would you like to see? I out think of it's, these I think it's Jermaine
2: Kurtz. I think hmm. you know he's 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 owned in uh, I think just zero point nine percent of uh, leagues right now, and uh, you know that's on ESPN. And last week he immediately stepped into the void and caught nine passes for over ninety yards. I I don't think Sam Darnold is a consistent deep thrower, and I don't think Robbie right. Anderson. Is a guy who's consistently going to catch slants and things like that, possession type passes. So I think it's definitely Jermaine Kearse. Terrell Pryor it's really about his health right now, but he's he's on the I think he's on the radar. Uh, but I really think it's Jermaine Kearse. He played well at times last year, occasionally where he kind of yep. when he came to them early. And he's a veteran receiver. Uh, right. You know, runs knows how to run good routes. Fundamentally strong. Usually a better NFL player than a fantasy player. But they need him to step up, and I think Jermaine Curse is a real strong pickup if you don't get, say, a Taylor Gabriel or Christian Kirk off the waiver wire this week.
1: All right, fair enough. I like that. You're absolutely right. Jermaine Curse as the veteran, the route runner, the chain mover, as it were. And he, I think the point you make is interesting. Sam Darnold is not Pat Mahomes. You know what I mean? He's not the gunslinger. He's not the deep thrower. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? And by the same token, you know who else he's not in that vein? Josh McCown. Last year, Josh McCown was the kind of guy who would chuck it up to Robbie Anderson, and that really boosted some of Robbie Anderson's numbers last year. Sam Darnold is much more Alex Smith than Pat Mahomes, if that you know kind of continuum makes sense to you. So that could be part of the reason.
2: No, I, again, I mean, he's, he's not, not a he's not about. a
1: Tannehill type, no. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. It's like him up against it. I'm talking about in only the question of are you conservative to are you a chuck it down the field kind of thrower. I'm just building those as like landmarks in that continuum, Scott. That's it. I think there's and a I'm different saying kind of quarterback, though. In between those two is what I'm saying. Okay. You know that that that's what Sam
2: Darnold is—a mobile guy who spreads the football around takes advantage of high-percentage uh, situations, and will once in a while gun it deep. You know, he's to me,
1: he's more that type of quarterback. Okay. Um, fair enough. Uh, what I'll say, though, is he still, like you said, guns it deep every now and then. That is less than like a guy like Josh McCown was for the Jets last year. And so that's oh, still part of the yeah, reason. Yeah, right, and that's p- why I'm saying... This is I'm trying to read into some of the reasons why Robbie Anderson is not performing like he was last year And I'm talking about the tendency of Sam Darnold to not be as much of a gunslinger. Does that make sense? Yes, all right, cool. Um, let me ask you uh, last thing on this game Uh, on the Minnesota side Scott, what are we like is Dalvin cook gonna play? is lat murray gonna get the lion's share like if you if you listened to us last week you know i was tout how how worried i was about dalvin cook whether this pitch count thing is going down or not but latavius murray responded with 155 yards and a touchdown uh is there a chance that happens again this week uh we can't i can't
2: give you information on what's not out yeah. there we don't. we don't know what the latest report on dalvin cook is but i would i would trust latavius murray in any matchup uh yeah, he had the blow-up game last week, but you know, over not over 45 yards at any other. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to be easy, easy to run on the Jets as it, as
1: it was the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't trust Lat Murray, but what you can trust is Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Scott has said they're the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I, I, I tend to agree maybe the combo in Pittsburgh would have something to say about that. But listen, you can't trust Lat Murray. You can trust Thielen and Diggs on a week-to-week basis. Run them out there with confidence. We got a caller on the line, Scotty. Let's take our caller. We got Patrick in Florida here on FST. What's going on, Patrick? How can we help you get a W in Week 7 and beyond? Yeah, so uh, I had a question about a possible trade looking to make. Uh, I picked up Richard off the waiver wire, and I was thinking
2: about offering the Marshawn Lynch owner, Richard and Landry for Robert Woods. Rashard and Landry for Robert Woods. I, you could try it, and I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I don't think it would, it would get done unless he's one of those owners who's just not giving Robert Woods the respect right now. But if anybody is smart – and they look at the statistics, they'll see that right now that Robert Woods is the seventh-highest-ranked scoring wide receiver in fantasy football. He's outscored Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, Stefan Diggs, Odell Beckham. So if it's a – really, you have to know the mentality of that owner. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I think any savvy owner would definitely tell you no because you're giving me a waiver pickup and you're giving me a guy who's good but doesn't get in the end zone and is coming off a bad game. If the guy's anything of a savvy, experienced owner, he's going to say no. But if you think this guy's a neophyte or, you know, he doesn't study enough, then I would go ahead and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Scott, on this one. Uh, Because also, listen, part of the reason you're targeting Robert Woods, Patrick, is because you know Robert Woods' opportunity is growing now, especially with Cup, you know, banged up as well. If you know that, the other guy probably knows that also, and it's probably going to be very unlikely to want to deal Woods. What else you got there, Patrick, real quick?
2: Yeah, I was wondering. So, if I don't, if that 3 wasn't to go through, who would you start, Godwin or Landry this week? Uh, I would, I would, I would still start Landry. You know, against that, okay. de- against yeah. that Tampa Bay defense, just too okay. good of a matchup. More volume.
1: I agree. I would All go right. with Juice Landry. Maybe he'll bless him as well. Thanks for the call, there, Patrick. Call on hey. back any time, um, Scotty. One more game I want to talk about real quick here. Um, Houston Texans in an AFC South matchup. By the way, don't look now, but the Houston Texans at 3-3. Three and three. Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, are also 3-3. Three and three. You know, Tennessee is middling along. The Colts are middling along. Uh, this is a big matchup in the AFC South, Scott. Houston Texans go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The Jags are minus 5 here in this game. Scott, I'm worried about Deshaun Watson's health in this one.
2: Yeah, I would be. You know, Inside Injuries was saying last week that if he takes a blow to, like, the wrong place, that uh, you know that he could come out of the game, so I think it's definitely. something Saxonville got delivers be blows. Start about yeah, you know <laughs> they that you know there's a theory that they're going to come out angry after last week, but uh, hmm. you, you know DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his. Yep. uh On the other side, on the other side too, this could this could end up being a defensive battle.
1: It could be right, but like I said, here's the thing. Listen, the Houston Texans are giving up seven sacks like a game. And now we have Saxonville coming in. I, 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 like, I am really worried. What would you think? What, what would I have to set the over under on Saxev, Scott, for you to take the under? Like, if I said, if I said seven and a half sacks for the Jaguars this week, you take the over and the un, under or the over on that?
2: I'm gonna take the under. I think it's gonna be about really?
1: six and a half to seven. Wow. Alright, uh real quick, uh before we go to break, we got our guy Kenny in Philly on the line. Hey Cowboy, how you doing? We're up against the break, my friend. But uh wanna get you yeah, in I here on FST. What's going on, Kenny?
0: Hey, how you guys doing? I just I just called to throw dirt on uh Umwell Scott for the uh for the uh, Rams and uh Broncos there, brother. That nice back door cover worked out. Oh out yeah there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that backdoor was, that door was door open, was... huh, right, Kenny? The back door was open, right?
1: Yeah, the Rams were game. clearly
2: proved they were the better team, though. Everything you were saying, though, you acted like they were gonna lose. No, yeah, I. No, we were no. talking
1: about the home dogs,
2: is what we were talking about. Three
1: games to but watch. Scotty, we're up against. Yeah, what You got three
2: games to watch this week. Here, uh, it's a big game for Cincinnati. Here, but my t- one to
0: Baltimore and the uh, and, and uh, Minnesota on the road. So three games to watch. I'll call you guys later back on the week. Go ahead.
1: All right, All right. thanks, Scotty. Sorry, I have the
2: executive here.
1: Yeah, three we were up against the break, again. so sorry about that. Yeah, the three games to watch. I'm interested on in what you think about those games, but as you know, Kenny, call on back any We are up against the break, so when we come back, here's what we're going to do. We got the afternoon games to talk about, okay? We got Saints-Ravens, Cowboys-Washington, Rams-49ers. We'll talk about all of those games in our next segment, and then we'll finish off the show with Sunday night and Monday night football. Looking at that, we'll also take your calls. Remember, the number to call is 844-843-6879. You can find us on Twitter as well, at SpittinSpeeds, Speeds, at ScottyRotoX. That's how we do it here on FST, taking you through all the Week 7 matchups look at the late afternoon kicks when we come back it's been statistician and el rey de fantasia come on back and join the fun
0: Dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day
1: to deliver the message here Scott that's what it comes down to and I know you know about uh-huh. that here uh-huh. on FST it's like a jungle sometimes it makes you wonder how to keep from going under you know what I'm saying uh-huh. and I, what we're trying to uh-huh. do here Scotty we're trying to keep fantasy teams from going under you are still in contention go ahead and look at Jalen Richard Christian Kirk Ido Smith or whatever you got to do Jameis Winston uh to try to help you win your leagues and win that cash scotty let's use this segment to go through the three afternoon games the late afternoon kicks here on the east coast the first one i want to talk about new orleans saints against the baltimore ravens the ravens are at home where they are a much better team the saints are on the road where they in my opinion are a much less dynamic team scotty you said this week that, you know, there's no such thing as a dominant defense anymore. And the Ravens may be the only kind of stable defense. They do, Scott, in six games have four shutouts, I think, or something like that. Like, that's ridiculous. They're playing really, really well. Are they going to hold up against the Saints now, who are fully loaded with uh, Mark Ingram back?
2: The Saints won't be as explosive as they will at home, obviously. But, you know, this is the first good offense that the Ravens are facing at home. And, you know, they did give up, even though they did uh, hold the Steelers to 14 points two weeks ago, they did mm-hmm. give up 34 to Cincinnati. So they're not going to shut them down, and you can't worry about your, your top Saints. You know, you roll out everybody there, the like Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Thomas, yep. but anybody else. You, you can feel free to bench them, but it, it, I, don't, I don't think they're going to hold them to 14
1: points. Okay, so let me ask you this, though. Are you com- completely fine starting the Baltimore Ravens defense this week? Uh,
2: sacks and turnovers are really about what it is. And with Drew Brees' yep. quick release
1: and the way he can mm. pick apart a defense, uh, I'm not in favor of it. Okay, so we are not recommending to start the only defense we think left may be a stably good defense. no week week. set-it-and-forget-it defenses yep. anymore. All right, fair enough. Hey, talk to me about the Baltimore Ravens side on offense. Listen, Scott, I had to acknowledge last night on Fantasy Freestyle, you know what I do is I talk about what I got right and what I got wrong, and I had to acknowledge one of the things I got wrong was the balance of Alex Collins and Buck Allen last week. Uh, We were all on Alex Collins, you know, the fumbling issues, John Harbaugh saying you can't have it. We thought this Buck Allen uh, ascension may have continued. Buck Allen wound up with one carry for one yard, something like less than 20 yards in the passing game, and Alex Collins gets two touchdowns touchdowns 50 some odd yards most importantly no fumbles that I think about right so um how do now let's revisit this running back situation in Baltimore
2: yeah it's it's uh Collins got the two touchdowns last week and he's always gonna have a nice run or two every week uh he's touchdown dependent but he's getting the chances he got he got most of the chances last week it was very encouraging to see him get two touchdowns and you got to start him this week he's he's gonna finish off a lot of drives for me. I, I I like watching Alex Collins. Every time he runs the ball, he's got good juke. He's got good vision. Uh, he he runs hard and he yeah. for, and he doesn't look like a strong running back, but he'll push the pile and he'll take people on. He's he's a fun running back to watch and uh you know he was a fun running back to own last year, but you know he was drafted more as an RB two, but I think he's a nice flex. And if he's a buy,
1: uh, if you got somebody on a buy this week, uh, you could definitely pop right. him in. Yeah, absolutely if you're without James Conner this week if you're without Aaron Jones this week if you're without Marshawn Lynch this week uh, uh, Alex Collins definitely someone you can certainly pop in um Scott Let me ask you this about a month ago. This is what I said like you can't tell what's going on You know a month from now about a month ago Scott. We were talking about uh, Joe Flacco Looking good, you know Joe Flacco uh, starting to impress you know Joe Flacco with the urgency because Lamar Jackson in the rearview mirror, all that stuff. It looks like Joe Flacco's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. We kind of know he are he is who we thought he was. That being said, how do you view Joe Flacco right now, say vis-a-vis a Mitchell Trubisky, who you say is starting on the incline? Are you do you have uh, who do you have higher, Flacco or Trubisky?
2: Yeah, definitely Trubisky by by a few okay. spots right now. and am will lock it in officially uh, after the show, but uh, right. Yeah, Joe Flacco has certainly started to dip, and Mitchell Trubisky has now outscored both Flacco and Russell Wilson. Uh, you're looking at Flacco with two sub-12 point games in a row, uh, an ESPN st- uh, standard scoring. You know, but it doesn't matter because when it's PPR or not, it doesn't matter for a quarterback. Sure. But you know, the point is that uh, he's been starting to fall off.
1: Yeah, so let me ask you this. You, you um, have mentioned when Flacco was playing better. You know, it's a similar question I'm going to ask you about Trubisky, right? Like I asked you that now that you think Trubisky getting better and better, if he's moving up, is there the ripple effect with some of his pass catchers, right? And you said, yeah, for Robinson or Gabriel. Now I'm going to ask you the same thing about Flacco in the other direction. If he's starting to trend down again, what are the impact on the pass catchers? Specifically, Scott, a guy you were high on about a month ago was John Brown right and he was scoring touchdowns in every game that sort of thing it hasn't happened more recently so are you also downgrading the willie sneeds and the you know john browns and michael crabtree's of the world as it correlates to joe flacco Well, the other two was they weren't
2: high for me
1: fair enough at all
2: you know crabtree was a guy that's like four catches for 50 yards every mm-hmm. week and uh it, sneed is pretty much the same you know maybe maybe five for 40 they're both those kind of guys Crabtree had a really good game and a really good matchup, and you don't see that too often. You know, John Brown's probably going to get kicked out of my top 25 this week.
1: Alright, fair enough, Scotty. I gotta let the people know if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest the players that you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account now, use the promo code FNTSY and you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. All right, that is FNTSY upon sign up. Go on over to mybookie.ag and start winning today, Scotty. As I go on over to mybookie.ag, I see a battle in the NFC East that's uh, coming up this week. The Dallas Cowboys travel to our nation's capital to take on the Washington Football Team. Scotty, is what we saw last week out of Dallas the beginning of a trend? Is Dak going to run around a little bit more? Is he going to spread the ball around and be driven by Ezekiel Elliott? Is the Dallas offense, you know, should we expect there to be a better version of this Dallas offense in our nation's capital this week?
2: I think so. Uh, Look, uh, I think so at home at least. Well, I'll put it this way. We'll see Dak running more uh, because I think it puts extra pressure on the defense. But I wouldn't be trusting this passing game, especially on the road. The Cowboys play better at home. They're on the road. They've only scored 37 points in three road games.
1: All right, let's look at the other side of this ball real quick. On the Washington side, listen, a lot of people are banged up last week though i was like oh no thompson no crowder they're banged up no way they beat carolina and then they turned around and they beat carolina so this offense is kind of surprising to me adrian peterson gutting it out uh you know we're 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 finding guys like vernon davis you know what what how do you how do you uh read the tea leaves on this washington offense i would say honestly there's not many people I like. May I would start Chris Thompson. I would if he plays. I would start Jordan Reed, and that might be about it.
2: Yeah, and and Jordan Reed has been a little bit disappointing. He still did get you eight PPR plus points last week, but uh, you know Vernon Davis is cutting into it a little bit. Adrian Peterson is rushed for. Uh, for over ninety yards in three of his five games, so he can continue to work we'll, we'll, we'll roll him out there. Chris Thompson needs to get back in there, but this is this is a very limp offense right now, and you don't want any of those wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. This is not something I am targeting. Let's go to the last uh, late afternoon kick on the East Coast. It is a West Coast game. The Los Angeles Rams travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, Scott, and CJ hard, and I guess Breda and Mostard and Marquise Goodwin. Let's start there. Marquise Goodwin, man, he was banged up for a little while. But is he the number one? Wide? He's the number one wide receiver in San Francisco over Pierre Garcon. It sounds like it, like he's the guy to own there in San Francisco, right?
2: Yeah, uh, Pierre Garcon's not even rosterable. He didn't do anything right. uh, last week. C.J. Beathard, uh, actually, ranked number nineteen. Uh, good QB two, nice streamer this week against the Rams' 29th ninth ranked defense. Marquise Goodwin was just injured, and now he's healthy, and he's clearly okay. the number one big play guy. Don't sleep on Kendrick Bourne though either. You know it's uh, Kendrick Bourne has been catching some important passes. I think if I wanted another wide receiver in
1: a desperation situation, there it'd probably be Kendrick Bourne. Okay, good name to watch. Keep an eye out on that. And then uh, listen, we talked about how Raheem Mostar is uh, the uh, was a top waiver ad for us this week. Uh, this renders Alfred Morris uh, useless, droppable, dumpster fire. Gone? Done? Fugazi? Well, this is a kind of weird situation where you can
2: see Mostard back on the bench and Morris back right. in the mix uh, all of a sudden. But I, I think that team demonstrated too much overall speed with Mostard and Breda running the ball. So, yeah, I'm going to lead towards Mostard right now. I'm got I going to have him 42nd in my in-season ranks, and I think I'm going to have uh, Morris, like,
1: 60th. All right, and then with the Rams, we, uh, we know this. One of the best offenses in football cannot be stopped. Todd Gurley with 200 yards last week. We know about Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff may lead the NFL in passing yards right now. He did at least going into last week. Um, we know about this fantasy herd. Cooper Cup looks like he's going to miss time. So does that just mean we love Woods and Cooks even more, or does that mean Josh Reynolds is on our radar? Uh. The problem with Jared Cook, though, from a fantasy perspective, is
2: Todd Gurley gets the ball so much near the goal line. Jared Goff, uh, you if you get, no, I'm saying it's bad for Goff because, oh, okay, because Gurley like first and goal from the eight is like first and goal from the one for him, right. and he's 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 just gonna get in the end zone so much it hurts Goff from a touchdown perspective. That's why he's outside my top ten at quarterback, but he's he's still top twelve. But you don't get the touchdowns enough. You know, that's the problem with him. Uh, you know, we're not going to see Cup Go to Inside Injuries on rotoexperts.com this morning. They're saying that his optimal recovery time is like four weeks. So they're saying that maybe he could be – and when you cut slice that down, maybe he missed two to three weeks because sometimes these guys come back earlier. You know, Inside Injuries talks about the optimal recovery time, but they come back before the optimal recovery time. And with this matchup against the 20th-ranked pass defense of the 49ers, which is long – Look worse than that, Josh.
1: Josh Reynolds is definitely a streamer. Yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, Can we make a note? Let's remember to ask Doctor A about this, because here's what I don't get, Scott. I mean, Cooper Cup was carted off, right? We now hear he's missing whatever to say three to four weeks potentially. So how the hell did he come back in the game on Sunday? Is this just pure? Is this just like adrenaline is an amazing thing? Like if 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 he is going to miss time then it sounds like it was uh, you know, not the best decision to bring him back. We saw him off the cart. You know, we were like, oh, this is a long-term injury. And now we're hearing at, you know, the week later, hey, this may be a, a longer-term injury or at least he might miss some time. So how the hell was he back on the field in Denver in the second half last week?
2: You know, that's why we're not medical experts and guys like Dr. A is. Uh, we all assume – you know, we can't assume anything. You know, we look at certain look at Matt Breida a few weeks ago. Oh, that's season ending. He stayed in the game. You know, we, we can't just look at it with the naked eye and assume up the come coming, the season's over. Uh, you know, we've had two two incidences with the, this year, Cup and Aaron Rodgers where the season is not over. So you can't the game assume wasn't even anything. Over. <laughs> you can't assume anything until the final report.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting. But I, I, I wanna ask uh, remind me, i want to ask Dr. A about that when we ask when we talk on Friday. Cooper Cup gets carted off the field, right? We now hear he's out three to four weeks. Yet somehow he made his way back into the game on Sunday. These things just don't make sense to me. How someone could, you know. We think he's out for a time. He comes on back in the second half, and then it turns out he is on time. Whatever drugs they got in the Rams locker room, I need some of those, to be quite honest, Scott, Uh, because it looks like it's doing real good stuff. Here's that what I am gonna say, the adrenaline as well, absolutely. All right, one more thing before we go to break here, Scott, because we've done all the uh, late afternoon games. In our final segment today, we'll talk about Sunday night football. We'll talk about Monday night football. I also want to ask you about another piece of news that I saw, not even from the NFL. That even adds to this narrative of how players are just out for themselves instead of their team I want to get your thought on that a little bit later on but one thing I want to mention That's interesting. We're going through all the lines of all the games and there's one early game that we didn't touch Because the line is not up on the board as of now and it's Miami hosting the Detroit Lions Coming off of their bye. the Detroit Lions Matt Stafford Jim Bob Cooter and my guy carry on Johnson They come into Miami to take on the Dolphins the game is not on the board, Scott right now. I can only imagine because Vegas doesn't know who the quarterback for the Dolphins is going to be. Is it going to be Ryan Tannehill or is it going to be Brock Osweiler? My question for you is, depending on who is beho- under center for Miami, how does that change or does that change the fantasy outlook for any of these guys? Frank Gore, uh, Kenny Stills, uh, you know Kenyon Drake. Does it matter to you who's that quarterback for the Dolphins this week?
2: No, it doesn't, because, you know, with either one of these guys, you can get a good performance, you can get totally mediocre. There's nothing to rely on in Miami right now. Albert Wilson has had three good games, but, you know, all the others have been quiet, so he's, he's, he's explosive half of the time. Kenny Stills has disappeared. You can't rely on Jakeem Grant anymore. There's no ceiling for Frank Gore. You can't trust Kenyon Drake, so... I still don't want to run out any Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So that's funny, right? So I agree kind of with you. So it makes me think, hey, Vegas, you can hang the number. It's fine. It's not a big difference. It doesn't matter who's there under center. But maybe they believe in Brock Osweiler after his 380 yards in a game against what was what we thought once was a strong defense in Chicago. But I digress. All right, um, Scotty, one other thing I wanted to ask you about the uh, Rams 49ers game because, you know, our guy Kenny in Philly called a little bit earlier. Remember when we were talking about, you know, the, the home dogs, right? And how you thought the Rams were just a much better team. Ultimately, the back door was open. The San Francisco 49ers are home dogs against these Los Angeles Rams. They are getting nine and a half points at home, Scotty. Nine and a half points. This is now a division matchup, as you know. No Cooper Cup. For the Rams, are you going to stay consistent with what you said against Denver? Like they're just a far better team, so you'll lay over a touchdown on the road? Or are you coming around to this idea that the back door can always be open in these big spread home dog games? Who would you take in this game with a 9.5 point spread? Would you lay the 9.5 with the Rams, or would you take the home dog of San Francisco?
2: Uh, this is a division game. It could be competitive. Yeah, it is. Here. And the Rams are uh, 29th ranked on defense. And C.J. Beathard's playing better than people are uh, giving him credit for. He's no longer a punchline, at least for this year. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, take the Niners here.
1: Hey, you're coming over to my side of things on the home dogs. I'm not Scotty. to win. Not to win. No, pass. I understand. I, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win either. Yeah. I'm saying that in a division matchup, the home team will keep it within double digits. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, I could very easily see this being a, you know, 24-13 kind of game in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden the Rams just let C.J. Beathard go down the field. And there's a garbage time, meaningless touchdown to George Kittle that helps them cover. That's what I can see. We got primetime game still to preview. It's Dane and Scott on FST here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Give us a call if you want to join us as we put the fun and functional sports radio. FSC right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician and they fantasia. we the last couple hours looking back at uh, some of the injuries, what it means for waivers, what it means for the future moving forward as you continue to make your fantasy football playoff push. And then we've been looking at all the games in week seven. Remember, four teams are on by, two teams play in London. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff going on to discuss. Scotty, I want to talk about this Sunday night football game. Last week, Sunday Night Football, we thought there was going to be an offensive explosion. The total was at 60, and it went to 83, I guess it was, or 84, whatever it was there. Well, listen, I expect points to be scored in this one Sunday night as well. The Kansas City Chiefs are back at it on prime time, so Collinsworth can fawn over them and Patty Mahomes. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Against the Cincinnati Bengals, another offense that we have had faith in moving forward. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. We love Joe Mixon. You know, uh, the total in this game is 58 and a half. So let's get the first thing first out of the way, Scotty. This game's going to go over because every game does, right?
2: Yeah, it does. And any game involving the Chiefs, you know, the over-under should be 75
1: that's what I'm saying. I mean, so I wonder if this is going to get bet up. At 58.5, it's one of the highest totals I've seen all year. But let's look inside deeper for the fantasy goodness here. Let's start. I mean, we know the Kansas City side, right? We're starting Patty Mahomes. We're starting Kareem Hunt. We're starting Travis Kelsey. We're starting Tariq Hill. Uh, what about Sammy Watkins, uh, Scotty? How do we feel about Sammy Watkins these days?
2: Uh, Sammy Watkins has had some good games, but then he put up a stinker uh, last week of what we thought was a good matchup. He kind of fluctuates, uh, you know, he's, on the, he's a low-end wide receiver three in a really good offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He is, like you said, a low-end wide receiver three, but you've got to love the potential there, right? Because if the Chiefs are going to score, you know, 37 points in a game, you got to, you know, it's a better bet that the number three wide out there or number three option there is going to score some points there than, say, with, like, the Chicago Bears. You know what I mean? Or with right. another offense that you don't have faith in. You know, like, give me Sammy Watkins over a uh, Kiki Q T, you know, because I like the Chiefs' offense better than the Texans' offense overall. You've got to think about though. the size of the pie. Yeah, but it's there's – I mean, I
2: actually have Kiki Q T one spot ahead of Sammy Watkins. Really? Because he's, he's going to catch a lot of those short pop passes. I think he's a little okay. bit more reliable than Sammy Watkins.
1: All right. Um, excuse me. I didn't get to the cough button in time. It's coming again. It's coming again, Scotty. I apologize for that. Oh, goodness. The sneezing statistician. I am the sneezing statistician. That's absolutely right. Let's talk about the Cincinnati side, brother. Uh, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, we believe in those guys. Joe Mixon, we believe in. Do we love Andy Dalton in DFS this week up against the Chiefs?
2: I think you have to, but Andy Dalton's always
1: dangerous. You know, you always worry about it. Right. I mean, you, just when you think you can trust him is when it turns out. Last week, two touchdown passes, and we expected more. Right. Well, he's gonna be in a shootout. So the same kind of thing you're talking about about like with the Bears playing catch up and that being smart and good for Mitchell Trubisky, you gotta assume that the Bengals are gonna be, you know, needing to throw the ball and that should be good for Andy Dalton. Doesn't the same logic? Well, here, here, here's the thing though. What's here's up?
2: the thing though, that you know, they, they have a running back that they could really play ball control with. And I that could it. also finish off drives with scoring runs. So, you know, it's it's you know, that's the problem with Andy Dalton says opposed to, say, Jameis Winston, where they they don't have anybody to run the ball in. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I do recall Peyton Barber getting
2: stuffed at the goal line last week.
1: Yeah. Remember, I talked about those conditions for success for the quarterback there, and one of them is the lack of the run game, and that's part of the reason why I love Andrew Luck, right? Because that same kind of thing, he's going to be putting it up, and I don't know that we trust the run game. Um, Let me ask you about uh, C.J. Uzma. You know, when Tyler Eifert went down, there was talk. Was it Croft? Is it Uzma? Um, you know, I think did he catch six balls in this game last yes. week? I mean, that's that's uh that's not bad in this in this day and age where tight end is a wasteland. How do you feel about Uzma? Can you start him?
2: Yeah, 11 fantasy points last week, and when he didn't score a touchdown, and you know these Cincinnati tight ends are always going to score touchdowns. So he's available in a lot of leagues. I would I would go out and grab him if you need tight end help. Uh, your, your number one priority at tight end this week should be O.J. Howard, but he's a close second.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We talked about some of those tight end names that are out there, um, you know, and I, th- I think there's some viable guys that are out there. We talked about the Tampa Bay guys. You say Uzuma, you know, uh, Hooper, uh, and v- Vance McDonald's is on a bye, but you know I love Vance and the way he runs and the way he stiff arms guys down the sidelines. Scotty, we got one more game to look at that Monday night game, but I wanted to ask you about something that I saw first. Um, You know, this season, we see Le'Veon Bell, you know, holding out because, you know, in essence, he wants to keep himself fresh for free agency, right? You know, like individual over team. You know what I mean? We see Earl Thomas, who was looking to hold out. Same, similar kind of situation, right? Was worrying about himself and his market value long term. You know what I saw uh, yesterday, Scott? And it's not even in the NFL. It's about someone who is going to be, have his name called in the NFL draft very early on in April. You know what I'm talking about, Scott? Bosa, yeah. Yeah, so Nick Bosa, right, of Ohio State, who many people project as the number one overall prospect. He's been dealing with one of those core muscle injuries, right? And Ohio State is a national championship contender. Anyone will tell you that. I think they're number three in the country right now under Urban Meyer. Everyone believes they're a playoff contender for, this, for uh, the BCS. Uh, Nick Bosa, younger brother of Joey Bosa. Um is the number one kind of overall prospect. And he's saying, now, with half the season left to go, like, you know what? Nah, I'm done with college football. I'm done with this. I'm just going to work out, get myself ready for the draft. We started to see this, Scott, like a couple few years ago, where people were just like, not participate in the bowl game for fear of injury remember i mean this might have started because after like jake butt got injured in that bowl game jalen smith got injured in their bowl game costing them millions but this struck me as odd you know nick bosa you know out for self saying forget ohio state forget my college football career i'm just gonna end that and work out preserve myself for the future for the draft for my career similar to Le'Veon bell similar to uh, Earl Thomas, similar to others, this struck me. Are we just in a day and age, Scott, where athletes are complete? It's completely fine for athletes to care about the name on the back of the jersey instead of the name of the front.
2: Athletes feel like, and Maurice Jones-Drew like echoed this about yeah. like LeSean Bell that you know that these. That football is a game, especially at the pro level, where you you get cut at any time. And your career could be over at any time. So they're not going to always look out for your best interest. And, you know, the player has to look out for himself first. And, uh, you know, this is not surprising. The fans don't take to it too too well. They always side with the organization or the team because they don't have any sympathy for, you know, how much money these guys make. But they're, they're just in a different, rarefied air than we are.
1: No, that's absolutely true. And listen, I don't have an opportunity to go ahead and make 40 million dollars oh, you know between the ages of 22 and 26 in my life. So I understand that. You know, like we're we're talking about very different things, but like is nothing sacred anymore? You know what I mean? Kind of thing like this is not this was not the case 10 years ago. Okay, and there was big money in professional sports 10 years ago, and athletes were commodities 10 years ago, but I think there's been a shift in this recently, Scott, am I bugging, or has there been a shift in this at the college level, guys skipping bowl games, now Nick Bosa's being like, eh, forget the last seven games or whatever it is, Le'Veon Bell, Earl Thomas, there are other examples as well, like, is this changing, is this like a millennial thing, like, what, what, what do you think this is all about, Scott?
2: Uh, millennial in terms of age, or just something that's happened recently? Yeah, or just like
1: a new societal culture thing. Like, is this just the way kids these days are thinking?
2: No. I, you know, it's a Seahawks fan. I remember it when Joey Galloway held out for eight mm. games. It didn't come back till the ninth week. You know, we've, we've seen holdouts all the time. This is nothing new.
1: All right, fair enough. I, I like, I think... I just think just the it is when, when social extreme. media
2: has blown up. Yeah. You hear about it more often.
1: Okay, uh, that's fair, that's fair. I just think Nick Bosa, now taking it to the extreme, this isn't like just the bowl game. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is him like, eh, I'm done. I just want to be ready for the draft, you know, and that's, I don't want to risk further injury. And, like, you know, I hear it on some level, but, like, if you're one of Nick Bosa's, like, defensive Ohio State teammates, you got to be feeling the same way as Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive linemen right now, right? Look, it's some, well,
2: it, it took a while, you know, like, seven weeks for them to feel like that. Some of them do understand what he's going through at the same time. Like some of the Seahawks were talking about, you know, how they saw Earl Thomas's side of it. So it really depends on what player you talk to. You know, players think differently about this stuff than we do.
1: Yep, all right, fair enough. Hey, the last game real quick, and we're going to probably be talking about it a lot. We'll talk about it even next Monday after most of Week 7 is in the books. But early thoughts here, Scotty, on the Giants going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons on Monday Night Football. The Falcons are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Could it be possible that the best thing for the Giants is to get out of the New York City area? Possibly.
2: Uh, But playing on the road in that fast track in, in Atlanta, I don't think that helps either.
1: Sure, but this the Atlanta defense we know can be had. We liked Andy, uh, we liked uh, Jameis Winston and the Bucks against this Atlanta defense. Previous weeks we liked the Cincinnati Bengals and Andy Dalton against Those these Atlanta quarterbacks. To the Eli Atlanta. Manning
2: right now, though.
1: Okay, fair. Uh, that 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 yeah. is true. But so you're not bumping up an Odell Beckham or a Saquon Barkley this week. I
2: Saquon Barkley's up there no matter what. Look what he did last week with okay. Eli – Play badly, and uh, Odell's always got to be top ten, top eleven. But you know, it could be a game where Eli Manning, where he throws two touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, and, and Odell's got one or both touchdowns. You know, just because Eli's, uh, just because Odell Beckham's gonna have a good game doesn't mean Eli's gonna have a good game. Odell Beckham could go for 90 yards and a touchdown, and that right. could be one touchdown and three interceptions for Eli. And it's something to remember too. It's like. Yeah, you know, people last week say, My opponent has Julio, uh should I should I start Matt Ryan and cancel him out and it that's not right. how it works. You know, the, the 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 one position doesn't cancel out the other because one guy could have a good game and the other guy could have a bad game and uh, they don't cancel each other out.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. The last question I want to ask you here real quick before we turn it on over to Carton and Friends here for the next three hours, you know, Gabe see Cory Corey Parsons and Michelle Serpico. Um yeah. Can you drop Sterling Shepard? Yes. Yeah, right? I mean, like, we thought this offense was going to be able to carry a lot of people, but Sterling Shepard really has not done it. Is he, like, where is he in your in-season ranks?
2: Uh, He's not in the top 40.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, my, how the mighty have fallen. We thought that was going to be a prolific offense, but it doesn't matter when your quarterback falls off the cliff, as people in their late 30s tend to do. All right, Scott, it's two hours in the books. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on roto in the morning. We'll look at your uh, week seven matchup ranks, some ranks. Who's high, who's low. That's what we'll do. And remember, we'll talk to Dr. A on Friday as well. Martin and friends up next. Have a great day, Scott. Fantasy Sports today on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make it happen. Get those ranks up, Scotty. RotoExperts.com. In-season exclusive edge fantasy package. Enter the promo code the king at checkout.